welcome to the Lazy Sunday Book Club. I'm your host, Fee, and I'm joined by Annie. Hi. And Sophie. Hi. And this is the second part of our book club episode where we are reading uh, The Odyssey by Lara Williams. So for those that maybe have just randomly clicked on this episode, uh, we have done a part one looking at the first half of the book. So that's up to page 117, mm-hmm. where we talk about the characters, the setting, our first impressions of the book. Um, so if you haven't gone and listened to that one and you are interested in this book that we're reading then please go back and listen to part one and everything might make more sense in this episode then probably (laughs) probably (laughs) you never know um so yeah so just a quick recap the odyssey is uh following the story of ingrid who is a worker on the world's largest luxury cruise liner where she is spending her days working, um, interacting with her co-workers, with guests, and has days off. That means that she gets to leave the ship. Um, but what we've learned is that this cruise is not as... Um, what's the word? This is a sinister cruise uh, and she may yeah. be in a cult. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's a very cultish vibes yeah. kind of cruise. Not, mm-hmm. I mean, cruises generally have a cultish vibe about them, but this one a little bit more so than others. We've got a young CEO of the cruise ship who seems very obsessed with wabi-sabi, which is a philosophy, a Japanese philosophy, um, where this idea of imperfection and he's a bit I don't know he's a bit weird but you know I think I mean? a bit is maybe underselling it all, all right he's a bit he's he's really weird he's, he's real fucked up guys it's bad he, he's yeah. red flag territory yeah yeah following on from that part two so part two starts off on land and I think this is is this when she because I know there are two sections on land that we get in the second part. So the first one is where she sleeps with what's his name? Ezra. Yeah, Ezra. Ezra. So yeah. okay, so she sleeps with Ezra. Okay. First off, how did we feel? I like I thought that it was gonna end in two ways. I thought she was either gonna sleep with Ezra or she was gonna kill Ezra. Yeah, I, I never thought she was gonna kill Ezra. Yeah, I, same. I did think the the sleeping with Ezra would have more consequences when she was back on the ship than it actually yeah. did. did. Did anyone address it kind of after they got back on the ship, or did they were no. they just kind of like don't tell me yet, and then it never came up again? Happened. Like, I think, but like neither of them were attracted to each other. They just kind of did it, and like it didn't even work. Like it didn't. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, that's what that's yeah. Yeah, that's like, a diplomatic way of putting it. Yeah. And then it and essentially then, didn't work. Didn't get there. There was that other guy. Like it was. It was painful to read. Yeah. It was, oh it was... yeah. 
so they oh. so they met this uh, so Ingrid at the beginning is in a cafe or a diner and she's kind of clocked this guy she seems to really just go after whoever's closest when she's on land like it's like this I don't know like like horny radar thing like she's like like well, almost like tag think- you're it <laughs> There's the, there's that aspect of it, but also like remember when she'd like follow families and things like that. I think she's just desperate for some kind of weird human connection. <laughs> I'm so sorry, I took a sip at the worst time. So horny radar detection, and I was just like, don't spit the water out, don't spit the water out, don't choke on an audio podcast. You don't want me choking. I'm okay. <laughs> I just got a throw through it. Annie, what were you? I was just saying that she seems to just like ping random people and connect, like have this weird one way connection with them. And sometimes it is a sexual thing, but also like she'll like follow random families and. Yeah, I think she'll just impose yeah, that was also very creepy. on random people. Any Anybody either passing by or that she finds interesting, she'll impose herself on them. Yeah. In a, in a very direct way as mm-hmm. well. Like, she won't be coy about anything. She will literally be upfront in what she wants from the exchange. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Like, do you remember it's... that fat when she was sitting on the fountain and she just wrote that note to the guy that was sitting next to her? Yeah. Just straight up asking to sleep with yeah. him. Yeah. In like a very, and not even like in, in just saying it like that, like in a very crude way. And yeah. It's very, and she didn't care if he if he threw away the paper or not. Yeah, it's very kind of. It's interesting because like you almost kind of assume with the vibes that you get on the cruise ship that maybe when she goes back on land things will be kind of different, but they're equally as uncomfortable. No matter what environment she's in, there's like this equally kind of mm. chaotic, sort of disaster kind of following her wherever she goes it's it's yeah being on land is not much better than being on the cre- creepy cultish uh cruise ship yeah as far as things go <laughs> like <laughs> if anything like everybody else kind of acts just as weird as yeah. her yeah if not weirder and so it all kind of every everybody's exchanges are just there's something almost really robotic about it. They've sort of disassociated, haven't they? They're yeah. kind of separate from themselves. Especially at the end, because at the end of that land yeah. trip, her and Ezra essentially end up just beating up the guy that she met at the diner. And it feels like she's entirely oh, disconnected yeah. from her body. Like she, the way it's described, it's almost kind of like she's having an out of body experience. Like she's seeing herself yeah. punch the guy, but she's not really feeling that I and like not processing that she's actually physically pretty brutally assaulting someone yeah I was really shocked when she when she saw Ezra just start punching the guy after the guy was freaked out that Ezra came along with her so Ezra and her just had like sex sort of and and then she remembered that she was meeting with this guy that she met at the cafe and and asked him if he was free to hook up mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. evening and then she and then she asks is it Ezra who asks if he can come or did she say do you want to come 
I can't remember, but either way, they both go together. Yeah. And yeah. this guy is like, what the hell? This is this is freaky, which is like any normal reaction yeah. to like, why would you bring another guy here? Anyway, and and then him rejecting her evokes this really like intense reaction out of Ezra. I didn't expect Ezra to be violent as a no, character. He he seems a lot more kind of, especially because like we've only ever seen him on the cruise ship when he's either sort of been playing in their weird family game or like the thing that him and Ingrid do is just watch tv shows together like that's how they hang out so it's Mm. very kind of he seems very kind of quiet and docile on the ship that it was very shocking for him to sort of suddenly have a very kind of like violent outburst yeah yeah and then as they're getting back on the ship he says to her we shouldn't mention any of this to Mia and then they never it never comes up they never do yeah yeah, yeah. It's just nothing. It that it, it, it sort of feels like they are separated from consequence in a weird way, you know? Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, yeah. disassociating from the consequences of land life. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe because they've been used to that on the ship, yeah. like any almost they've created their own culture with on the cruise. And they yeah. take that culture onto land where it is very like weird and kind of goes against norms of society on land mm. and then it it just kind of clashes all the time and you just see mm-hmm. that clash well but also they are so controlled and micromanaged on the cruise mm-hmm. mm. yeah like because like, i feel like they wouldn't act like this on the cruise that it mm. maybe it's almost like a kind of i have my freedom kind of because they're in customer service basically 24-7. They have to be nice to the yeah. guests. Yeah. It's like a kind of like all comes kind of buzzing out of them when they're on land and not surrounded by people they have to be nice to. Mm. Also, she's an alcoholic, but she doesn't drink on the cruise ship. Yeah. Well, maybe she does, but she doesn't drink to excess on the cruise ship. Or... That's a good point. I, I don't think she it. ever drinks because she went out with those girls at the nail bar in the first part that we read. Mm. And... Um, she didn't drink and she said but it's on me for you so you can drink whatever you want yeah and only when so she's it's... on land she drinks and and drinks right. excessively and then if if we're if we're sort of you know going on later on when she's with her husband mm. she asks him to tell her to have a drink but only one mm-hmm. yeah like they're sort of that that i mean there, there's a there's a self-regulation thing going on. Mm. Yeah. Well, she needs somebody to tell her what to do now yeah. in order to follow through that. She doesn't have any self-control. Mm. That control yeah. only ever comes from being on this cruise because there are rules, there are hierarchies, there are yeah. things that control her. And when she's on land, like all that control goes out the window. Mm. And you think when they get back to the ship, mm. that there's going to be something. There's going to be consequences. What's yeah. his name's going to ask about this? What mm. actually happens is she gets back to the ship. She goes back to her room, and there's Brian. 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 I mean, Brian. so I'm still confused about Brian. Like, I didn't realize he was a guest. Oh no, I knew he was a 
until like they mentioned this. It it it's not until it's not until she it, it's not really clear until she goes and it's like what and they're like oh you know go around help him be comfortable yeah you know mm. yeah 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 and Brian as a guest was weird like yeah so if he's there if he's a guest I mean he was almost and the fact that she kind of created this association that Brian is her child. Oh, but even telling her husband, right? That Brian, yeah. Yeah. Oh. I have a child, his name is Brian. That yeah. part was oh. creepy. Well, especially because there were some hints that their marriage had ended because of fertility issues, right? Yeah. It seemed yeah. like he wanted children and that was the vibe I got, that the husband wanted children. Was I it- don't, yeah, yeah. No, the husband wanted children. I think she couldn't. Yeah, have, have them? I think because of her, I don't know whether... Yeah, I think she couldn't have them and that kind of triggered her alcoholism. Yeah. Road. And then because of all that, she just, they couldn't try. Yeah. Well, but it's that same theme as before, right? That idea of like families and, and, and mm-hmm. yeah. Being unable to build connection and. Or maybe it makes kind of more sense why. Yeah. She well, although, enjoys families. Even though there, she's not looking to be the parent. She's She will be the parent, but everyone loves being the baby. Everybody loves you know? being the baby, yeah. And she's sort of, in her marriage, sort of started trying to get her husband to look after her like that, you know? Mm. Yeah. And also, by being the baby, you're still, you're, you're, you're told what to do you're told like yeah. even when they're asked questions of like are you hungry well it doesn't matter if you say yes or no you can't say yes or no you're a baby mm. but they'll feed you anyway mm-hmm. or they'll yeah. do these things for you anyway regardless of whether you can talk or not so I guess that's the idea of I don't have to think or do anything I just can absorb well absorb but yeah. also have things put onto me did anyone else, just on the subject of her husband, I don't know why, I sort of expected him to be awful. Same. I did as well, And yeah. then you get to it and he's actually lovely and you're like, hold on one minute, was she the awful person in their marriage? Oh my uh, God, yeah. she was. She's she had the, the affair. Person. She accidentally mm. texted him that she hated him. She's, oh my God. And it just... Oh, it really, it really, like, it kind of broke my heart. I felt so bad for the husband. He was just yeah. so, like... I, oh. And I just so badly wanted her to escape. Do you think Ingrid... I really thought she was going to do it? Because this is written in in first person, so I think by that point I kind of thought, okay, Ingrid is definitely an unreliable nar- narrator, right? Yeah, yeah. Or or, but we sort of know from the way that she was with Keith that. She's an unreliable narrator of her own life, you know? Yeah. Because she leaves out details that tell you things that, like, every assumption you made about the story changes when she tells you the details in the next retelling, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's about what she's leaving out. Did we... I don't know that I... I don't... still don't understand quite the purpose of Keith doing that for her and 
him saying and and essentially I feel like that was the whole program in Mm -hmm. program yeah Mm. like just her trying to communicate her life to him I'll be real I still don't fully understand like I don't think I fully understood the (laughs) ending I got to the end and I was like I think I'm missing something yeah I agree I felt that as well because I think the ending was less weird and less climactic than I expected like I know it it was still kind of weird but it kind of didn't well there was no closure with the ending I kind of got to the end and I was like oh is this one of there was no logic I was like is this one of those books where you don't get everything and then I was like okay this is one of those books where it's not wrapped up for you so she graduates the program but presumably everyone does right yeah because kissing Keith like oh yes like and he just like gets up from the chair and walks out and it's kind of like didn't he say something like you're in charge now or something weird like that yeah like you're the ship is sinking as well isn't it or it's like filling up with water yeah that whole thing is very confusing yeah they keep talking about how the ship is sinking but it doesn't seem to have any consequences well nobody's alarmed per se like yeah all the guests are left by that point but like but why like when did it stop sinking how, wh- how when did why did the guests know to get off why are the crew still on that there were just a lot of questions about the ship sinking thing yeah i yeah i did i i was quite like shocked by that but i didn't know if it was more metaphorical as well that the ship was sinking like that like this whole idea of what they'd created it was kind of it, it was unsustainable was it wabi sabi is a ship's is a cruise ship sinking wabi sabi uh, and is the shoes king wabi sabi oh that is a good question <laughs> i think it is wabi sabi to keith to keith it is i'm probably sure there was a point where i was like i have no idea where this book is going you know i wanted her to leave with george and ezra and even fucking brian and go to her husband and i was like if they do that she'll get help but i was like wait who's george huh? George, sorry, George. Mia and Ezra. Mia, George. <laughs> I was like, wait, who just George? Did I miss a major no, character? George. Oh I, I said George because of George Ezra thing. <laughs> George Ezra. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> Ezra and Mia and okay. Brian and her. I was like, that. I, that's what I wanted. I wanted them to get off the ship and go Same. to her husband. Mm. They would have been fucked up, and the husband would have mm. been like, "What well, mm, is this?" But you know, they would have at least had a chance of getting out and getting help. Yeah. But I didn't know. I was like, but that won't be a satisfactory ending. That won't solve the mystery. That won't make the novel as a whole make sense. Yeah. You know? So yeah. what will do that? And I think so much stuff builds up and builds in and builds out of this novel. And I spent all of it thinking, oh my God, how is she going to like thread the needle on this? How is she going to, you know, pull off the. And it. If it was an unsatisfactory ending, that would be one thing. Mm. But it's more that it's a, it's a, the ending feels disconnected from the narrative. Now, that feels very much in line with the themes of the book. You know, it's all about disconnection and mm-hmm. disassociation mm-hmm. and, and like separation from yourself. But I don't yeah, know about it's... the ending, you know? It felt kind of anticlimactic, but then I was kind of like, I feel like this is on purpose. Yeah. Like, this feels deliberate. Yeah. But 
I don't know how I feel about but then, that. Then again, like, it, you know, it's not like her character had really changed at any point. So, I mean, even when she went to see her husband, you thought this was the chance that she was going to grow and have some sort of self-realization of what she was doing and becoming. But in the end, once she got back on the ship, it didn't matter. I don't know. She started to make plans to leave, but then Brian wasn't there anymore. But I don't know if Brian was there, would she, would she have? I don't know. Cause he was a guest. Like he had a life. Yeah. But, but then so did everybody else on the ship worker or not. Yeah. Everybody else had a life and like, Ezra and and we learned Ezra's story that Ezra did have a life and he only came because Mia wanted to go yeah so he broke up with his girlfriend he left everything behind because he wanted to follow Mia and he only tells her that once they're on land because on the ship it doesn't exist yeah I think it's one of those novels that makes you feel uncomfortable Mm. and that's the point of it oh absolutely yeah question just looking at looking at the reviews right okay Mm -hmm. so francis chart author of if i had your face called it slightly humorous Mm. uh mateo no uh emma jane unsworth calls it smart modern satire yeah yeah Uh, rebecca may johnson called it darkly comic Mm -hmm. uh ziva talkani called it darkly funny Mm-hmm. Did you find it funny? I thought the situations and the reactions were. I think it depends how were, you were funny, like like the way she would just say things. I thought was funny, but I wouldn't necessarily. I never read it as a comedy. It doesn't make me laugh. Like I feel like I can understand why it's a comedy because if you take a step back everything about it is comical like what the hell is this leadership mentorship program like nothing in this makes sense but it's not a dark comedy in the way that I would think of it because if I watch a dark comedy it will make me laugh even if it's being satirical even if it's you know kind of being dark or whatever it will still physically Mm. make me laugh but like this book definitely I don't think it did unless I can't remember if there was ever a time when I kind of like laughed in like a shocked way or anything like that. Do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Black Mirror. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can see that, yeah. yeah. It, it, it feels like a Black Mirror sort of mm-hmm. um, uh, like novel, like it, it or storyline, yeah. that's, that's the word. And so in some cases, yeah, Black Mirror can be funny, mm-hmm but you're still weirded out overall by everything yeah yes yeah. it struck me looking at those that the ending was kind of set up like a punchline you know yes it's yeah like, and then the I... ship sank yeah <laughs> but i didn't understand the joke you know and maybe that's what i couldn't mm. square like maybe this is funny in a way that i just is not my sense of humor because i I enjoyed reading it. I found it gripping. I found it intense. But I got to the end and I was like, 
it felt awkward to me you know yeah. like a joke you know that I didn't it... understand yeah do you know when you're in that situation where everything's a bit awkward or like uncomfortable and your only reaction is to laugh I don't think I would laugh in that situation. I cannot stand embarrassment humor. You know? Yeah. Like, yeah. so I think maybe it's me. But like, no, I mean, like, yeah. reading. No, the, I don't think so. I mean, like, you reading those things, I'm like, a part of me is like, wait, did I read this book wrong? Was I taking this yeah. too seriously? Did I read this like a drama and was like, also, what's going to happen when it actually it, it wasn't like that? I'm like, shh. Maybe I put this wrong, and that's just. I also um one of the um one of the uh, reviews says a retelling of the Odyssey, which it's absolutely not. I was like, is this a retelling of the Odyssey? Because I have seen no only in so much as they're traveling, they kind of go land sea, land sea, but they spend a lot more time on sea than in the Odyssey. The Odyssey is mostly land, right? Well. I mean, Moby Dick is also a novel where they go between land and sea. <laughs> but that's not a retelling of the Odyssey, you know? No, it is most definitely not. So, I mean... Uh, I mean, I mean summar summarise what the Odyssey is in that in the, the original I Odyssey. mean, she kind of goes home. That's the only element that I can see. She takes a winding sea journey and eventually kind of goes home. And, and I is suppose in the Odyssey, with ex, he, with he goes his back wife. to his family, but then has to leave again. So maybe... Yeah, kind of? In like a very broad sense. I mean, can you can you give me a quick summary? Of so the Odyssey, Odyssey is basically like the Trojan War is over, Greeks have won, Troy is burned. Odysseus mm. is trying to get back home to his wife Penelope, but he's really pissed off, in particular Poseidon. So instead of giving him a nice easy route back to Greece, he sends him. He keeps fucking up the seas and sending him off to different locations. So what Odysseus does is he ends up getting blown off course and he'll end up on this island. And oh, Circe's there. She's turning people into pigs. She'll end up here. He has to go to the underworld at one point. And basically it takes him 10 years to get home. And all that time, mm -hmm. his wife is resisting the pressure to get remarried. Uh, his son is growing up and she is there like weaving and unweaving a tapestry to mm -hmm. try and keep, because she believes that Odysseus is going to come home. And eventually he does and he gets back and he's like, why are all these suitors in my house? And he murders everyone. And then he murders all the women and it's pretty grim at the end and then it's like yeah no the war isn't over war will eternally happen it's kind of shitty being greek yeah. at the end well but also at the end he has to go travel to make atonement for all those people that he's killed or something right yeah yeah, yeah he has to but also like if this novel was called the cruise i don't think i'd be like oh there are some odyssey um references here you know mm, yeah I, yeah like i don't think there's much by way of intertextuality. No, because mm -hmm. Ingrid is very, very much almost kind of the opposite of Odysseus because mm. Odysseus is single-minded and focused. Like he has a mission. Like, yeah, he yeah. is generally speaking that that like he is trying to get home. Yeah, Ingrid mm. is arguably kind of doing the opposite. She's running away, and she uh, she doesn't even really recognize it when she gets back. She kind of gets on land looks around and is like oh wait a second 
I'm home. And mm. then she's like, why don't I just go, go get drunk? And then like, why don't I just go see my husband? And it's like, yeah, I don't really see it aside from some very broad strokes as like a... yeah. I think there is a world in which a novel called The Odyssey doesn't directly reference The Odyssey, but the fact that it's called The Odyssey means that you're picking up on intertextuality, but that's not what this book is. I don't think... Like, I'm struggling to see a huge amount of connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't I, know. No, I don't really see it with this book, to be honest. I, I think. Don't know. But do, did you almost enjoy the strangeness oh, of yeah, it because I did yeah, yeah, I found yeah. it interesting so I mean there are quite a few I think I've read a few books that have that strange element to it like for example one of the recent books I read is A Year of Rest and Relaxation mm-hmm. mm. and the the main characters there's a lot of similarities between these two books so that's interesting the new york times says if you like to rest of real a year of rest of relaxation you'll like this book it was like their recommendation yeah. there are a lot of similarities yeah. the way i think the author the um the narrators are both the same type of character mm. um mm-hmm. and and both have this mindset of just kind of existing through life but Mm. almost in a way like I just don't care anymore about life enough to make an effort for it yeah yeah but it's approached in I guess different ways because Ingrid has things she's put herself in this environment which she may not care but that disassociation is managed and controlled to keep up productivity in the ship yeah and the cruise mm-hmm. yeah whereas um in the other book it's more of her kind of spiraling and degrading in this nothingness that she's created for herself because she just can't she just doesn't want to do anything else yeah so there's that difference but it is very similar. So if you if you like this book, definitely read Rest and A Year of Rest and Relaxation. I don't um, I don't think I didn't like it, you know? Yeah. It's 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 like, you know, when you taste it like you have like a very sour sweet or something, and you're like, it's not that I didn't like it, it's just that it's weird. And I don't <laughs> I need to taste more to see if I like it. Yeah. It's quite hard to I, I don't know about you guys. I was really because obviously we we finished the last episode and we'd deliberately stopped about halfway, just over halfway through the novel. And I had been really gripped by that first half of the novel. And so basically we finished the episode. I went, I made dinner and I read the second half that evening, basically. Um, I did not do that. I can't remember. I can't remember when I finished. I can't remember if I finished it and then got distracted by another book or if I got very distracted by another book. And then was like, oh, wait, The Odyssey. Finished that book and then went back to it. Mm. Mm. All right. I did, I did one of those two things. <laughs> but because it's a book about disassociation and about that like weird separation from your life, 
looking back on it now, I feel sort of separate from the experience of having read it. You know what I mean? It's like I've disassociated yeah. from it. It's like it's yes. it's, it's somehow um, I don't know. It's a very hard novel to put your finger on. Yeah, it it is that observe. It's like when you're observe observing this sort of story. It's it, it's really weird because you want to do di- you want the character to be different and do different things and it's almost like the more you read the more you have to acknowledge this is the character mm. and their destructiveness is part of them yeah well but what was weird is that i didn't i didn't have a sense of who she was because i don't think she was herself you know I think she was existing as much as possible outside of herself. And it's only when it comes up that the reason why her and her husband might have had problems and why all of this might have, you know, started for her is sort of struggling to have kids and things like that, that you start to think about who she is as a real person. Yeah. And you realize you don't, she doesn't, she is not being herself, you know? Yeah. It's like she's created. Mm-hmm. a deliberate separation between who she who she was and who she is and is sort of existing outside of that there's something quite mm. although you did get weird hints that she had a very difficult childhood you know that oh, her parents oh. have been like yeah yeah did did anyone else find that that really weird like there was a weird scene where like did anyone else feel like the parents thing was going to come to more than it did yeah yeah definitely. because there were some things that were like really weird like there was that whole thing about the person at school mocking her because of her, the way her mom spoke to her or something and then her parents being very protective oh. and then it just kind of her parents had made her quit her job or her parents had quit her job for her yeah and then it just yeah uh, without telling her and it just kind of didn't come to anything but also, I think, I, I don't know about you, I didn't really, you got this information about her parents, but I couldn't really connect that up to who she was. And I couldn't tell if, if like, the novel wanted me to make an observation or a connection between her past and her present, or if the point was she disassociated from herself so much that there was no connection between the past and the present, you know? I think, yeah. I think that's almost... It's not necessarily our job, but you know, it's it's part part of the novel is to give that space and that freedom to analyze what we want to analyze and connect what we want to connect. Mm. Because there's so much spe- like that disassociation. There's so much in between us. So much information we're just missing as readers that whatever information we're given there could be a connection and there could not be a connection I guess that's almost up to us on who we want the character to be like either we can say yes there is an association that her parents did this and this traumatized her to the sense of it links to the alcoholism and and her wanting to and her being in a position Mm -hmm. where she's always been controlled in a certain sense Mm. so okay the control thing I get so there's that connection but also maybe it's to the point of you know 
did that lead to to her parents lead to her alcoholism maybe maybe not mm. was it the baby or was it the was it the um like all this domino effect but we don't know much we don't know enough about her life before the cruise or herself yeah. before the cruise mm-hmm. to to kind of fully know whether or not that's the case what do you think the ending says about keith do you know what keith i thought was going to be a major character and he became a minor character no, it kind of... does that make sense well but also i thought i got to the ending and i was like oh god keith's one of them you know what i mean he also can't yeah. self-regulate that, that and is looking for someone to control him really... and tell him what to do. Weird. I don't know. It... I d- what was, What did you think about the bite, biting cheek yeah. thing? Oh. That, that she bit yeah, his cheek, and then he, and then she, when she she went on land again, on the second time, and then and then she came back, and had learned Keith had gone around biting <sighs> guests. There cheeks. was so much weirdness oh. in this book, like. Every time you say something, I'm like, God, that happened? Yeah, that happened. It's weird, but I'm trying to comprehend. Yeah, like, I had briefly forgotten about the cheek biting. And now it's Mm. back and I'm like, oh, God, yeah. I read it and I was like, why would he do that? What, what? I thought there was this power dynamic. So what has she done to influence him? I think it's 100% linking back to the finger thing. So we yeah. now know that he is copying her. So she broke her fingers. Oh, yeah. That suggests that there was a causal link that made him think, ah, oh, I should amputate all the crew's fingers. Then she bit yeah. his cheek. Yeah. Why the f- she did that, we don't even know. So it does suggest that there's a causal link between the things that she's doing and their motivation. Which then makes sense as to why at the end he looks to her to do to him what he did to her. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. like that idea that but like, why he gives the power to everything's her. broken. You know what I mean? You think he's in charge? Surprise! He's just training you up to put you in charge. Like it felt like that whole thing with Brian had been another test of like her getting towards taking care of people so she could take care of him or something. You know? But uh, but then to put her in charge of a sinking ship. Does she end up in charge of the ship, or is she just now Keith's mentor? No, I think like Keith, because Keith leaves. Yeah, Keith just walks no. out. He's just like, yeah. I'm pretty sure he just gets up and he's like, "Good job, you are now me. Goodbye." And it's like, okay. So. Uh, oh shit! Did we both misread that? So, to me, for in my copy, the end is this, right? Hmm. I walked around the large polished desk and lowered myself into his chair, making myself comfortable. I looked out of him from there, our eyes finally level. I could no longer see the rectangular window, could no longer see the sea. It was like it didn't exist. Keith, I said, can you tell me again about the Japanese aesthetic tradition of wabi-sabi? Yes, he replied, still uncertain. Everything is coming in and out and going out into, coming out of and going into nothingness. I looked at his face, the place where I had bitten him, and noticed tiny pinpricks filled with pus. The wound was infected. Wonderful, I said. Now go again, and this time try to add in even more detail. Yeah. I love how we both collectively 
I, yeah, I <laughs> misread the ending. There's so much mess in it that you just don't remember. Uh, I remember him walking, and I think my brain. No, they like, switch sides on the table, and she takes his seat, and yeah, that's and then she is. is asking. He doesn't leave the room. He is asking her the same questions that she asked him. Yeah, so it is this weird thing that Lao like she is. They well, she have... says, "Oh God." Yeah, like it, it. It's almost like, I mean, yeah, like I can see the comedy in that. It's like, oh, you think the people in charge of you are like more experienced or better qualified than you are. And in the end, they're just like, nope, I know exactly the same amount as you, if not less. I'm not qualified to do my job. I'm just, I'm just rereading the other page, the last, second mm-hmm. last page. And he's just like, so, and she asks the question, what has been the point of all of this? And that's the question we all want to know. The fact that I don't remember this just kind of hints how unsatisfied I was with the answer and he was like it's and he says it has been to get you ready he said ready for what ready for what he echoed me enthusiastically what do you think this has been getting you ready for and so like she clocks it but I didn't, I didn't clock it. it and then so so I'm just so and then she says I'm ready to be my best self so is being Keith her best self? Is that what she can do being better said? than being Keith? I mean, maybe. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's saying that, that that is the best self that Keith can create people to be. Because yeah. the whole point of the scheme was that Keith was helping people be the best people that they could be. But yeah. Keith is. A but all Keith can do is make them Keith. Not good person. Yeah, which is not the same. Like I think it's saying that all. Like again, is this is, is it this, a metaphor is this, like, or is it on just a weird book? No, I just think it's a, I just think it's a cult, you know. Yeah, but what cult that, leader yeah, is? I mean, it's like, definitely I just, a cult. you're the leader I just now. Think... Tell me what to do. Yeah, this is very on cult leader. A cult. No, most cult leaders are like, it's my way. Yeah, or you most die. cult leaders would be like, the second ship is sinking, everyone stay. You know, everybody yeah, but... the Kool Aid. But the thing is, is like, how do you keep a cult? how do you keep a cult or a culture going you build people to carry on that yeah and that's through like tradition or mentorship anything like that that is what keeps the cult yeah but you don't going groom someone to take over from you in your relationship with them yeah but i I agree. I don't understand that she ba- he's basically made her him to do to her what he to do to him what he did to her. But I the vibe I get from just thinking about this more is that this is maybe like this feels like a joke on like corporate culture or something. Like you know all these things that like we're going to help you achieve your full potential blah 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 blah, blah. Mm. and then the reality is all they can do is make a copy of themselves and they weren't even that great or powerful or new shit to start with that does feel like a punchline to me oh that's actually quite good i didn't even think of it like that that's interesting but maybe i've just i've just (laughs) corporate culture before and i'm like (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's just noticing the similarities i'm just like yeah i don't know it is weird it's a weird book it's a weird weird book there's nothing like but overall would you recommend the book 
Do you know what's also it reminds me of actually just yeah. to, before you answer that have you read in watermelon sugar no. no have you heard of it you've mentioned it I think so. that yeah is a really weird book and it's really weird same kind of like you walk away with almost the same if not more like confusion from that book but it's mm. so weird that it becomes interesting and you're left without answers but that's almost kind of what makes it such an interesting and great read yeah (sighs) yeah I think I'd recommend it to particular people I think people who like the if someone you know someone with a really dark sense of humor who likes Black Mirror who like finds proper finds Black Mirror proper laugh out loud funny, I'd be like, oh, you should read The Odyssey. Yeah. By Lara Williams, not The Odyssey. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it to someone who is like into plot. No. And like characters no, no. and it like ha- and it, story. It like yeah. if you want a like a story, like in the way that in a narrative, a traditional narrative, you're not going to be yeah. satisfied because you're going to leave nobody, no character is going to grow or change. You don't even know where you started or where your narrative has ended. You're not going to be satisfied. So Mm -hmm. if you're more into just like a traditional narrative structure, like I probably wouldn't because you're probably just going to be frustrated about how you have all these questions about the cruise and the ship and none of them have been answered. Yeah. I think it's a metaphor, but I don't understand for what. You know, (laughs) it feels like... It feels like there's symbolism going on that I haven't reached into or something like my, my, I I can't tell if she wants, if the author wrote this to purposefully make you feel like you're missing something or if I'm missing something, you know, I think there's multiple answers for it. Do you know, I think you can put, you could impose that connection with like, you can link it up with a lot of things but you're necessarily not it's so suggestive and like at the same time so distant that you don't know if you've got the right answer it's it's literally just subjective what connections you make from this and Mm -hmm. I think even if you I think the reader that walks away with something and the reader that walks away with like just being confused and really nothing have both experienced the same book at at the end of it you know what I mean like you know how if you don't catch something you've not experienced the same book as somebody who hasn't caught something but I think both readers will essentially have gone through the same experience it's just a matter of how they've approached taking all that in Mm -hmm. yeah I think I like having read it you yeah. know yeah, yeah I enjoyed the process of reading it I I found it gripping and I enjoy having read it but I feel weird about suggesting it to anyone else you know? Do you know what I would suggest it just to kind of ask the person what they thought of it because this is a conversation sort of book yeah because there's so many things yeah. you're you're you feel lost about that you're if looking you're to other a- people to kind of understand if they got the answer or not if you're in a sophisticated book club make make everyone read it and be like now come on guys what the fuck 
it yeah, is a good like, it's a good do it is a good book cover both because it is very short mm. it's not that hard to get through yeah and there's so many just what the fuck moments and really easy to talk about because again just so much confusion from everyone yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. don't give it to anyone though because if someone got me this book as a present I'd think that they thought something was seriously wrong with me. <laughs> <laughs> or they've given it to you and say, see, you're not that weird. I don't, this is my thing about, like, I feel like I can't, there are so many good books that I think my dad would like, but I can't recommend to him because they're about really terrible fathers. <laughs> and the way I always explain this to people is, I mean, how would, wouldn't you feel bad if your parents told you you would really enjoy We Need to Talk About Kevin? Yeah, <laughs> no, you make a good point, actually. Yeah, so, like, I think you can say to someone, oh, you should read this, but don't, like, force it upon them, because, like, if someone said to me, oh, you must read this book, I'd be like, what, 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 what? What does this say about me that this made that Like, I would be kind of offended if someone said, oh, my God, I read The Odyssey the other day, and it made me think of you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like... In what way? <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is giving me such vibes as what happened like at work today, where a colleague told another colleague of mine that they looked like they liked a type a certain type of crisps, and they did like that <laughs> flavor of crisps, but they were also super offended because they were like, "I don't, I don't like that you looked at me and said that," and it was just like, it's just like it. It's just it. It feels like you're making a statement about somebody's personality, 100%. and the other person is not going to fully understand what it is. Yeah, I don't want Wait, anyone can to you... read this book and think of me. Yeah, what what flavor of crisps? Is it? Just to, <laughs> it was, it was I'm just curious. It was Monster Mash. <laughs> oh no! Why is that bad? It would be fine if it was like paprika. You know, <laughs> that's that's saying like you're like be salt and vinegar or cheese and onion. You know, it couldn't be that. No, I thought it was going to be like prawn cocktail or something. No, 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 no. It was very it specific. It was monster munch. It yeah. was that that pickled so onion specific. I know. <laughs> that's what I, but no, it just gave me the same vibes as that. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> like you are making a statement about my personality and I don't understand it and I'm not sure that I like what you're telling me. The story changes completely when you work out that it's pickled onion monster munch. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Now I'm on her side. I'm like, wow, it's a bit much. I don't think I I don't think I'd be offended by that though. I think I would actually I would. I think I'd be flattered <laughs> that someone would compare me to pickled onion monster munch. It's a great no, no, no. crisp. Oh yeah, pickled onion monster munch, just you know, champion. But do you want someone to say, "Oh, you seem like the kind of person who would like pickled onion monster munch"? It wasn't even seem. She was really hung up on the fact that she was told that she looks. <laughs> like- <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> that was that was the thing. Oh no! Close oh, your eyes goodness. and imagine a person eating a bag of pickled onion monster munch, and and they're not they're not. You don't want to look like that person, do you? Well, I just see kind of like I don't know. I <laughs> I don't know if I should say nah, this out loud because I might head, offend people. He's kind of grubby, and he's wearing really? a long coat. <laughs> I think of like a punk rocker. 
I mean, I honestly think of a child with like <laughs> pink dyed hair or something. But yeah, anyway, sidetrack. But that that that's it's that level of it's a weirdly specific book to give someone as a gift. Like Yeah. But a great book to give to a collection of people and say, hey, let's all read this. And this is a conversation absolutely. starter. This is a conversation starter. Mm. Just be careful about who you want to have a conversation with. Mm. Well, it will reveal a lot of things. If somebody goes, yeah, Keith is actually really like solid and like really reasonable. I'd be like, hang on, <laughs> hang on. <laughs> if you identify with any of the characters, that's probably a yeah, red flag. Go. Yeah, I would say that. I feel like, wow, I really like that person did this book have summer vibes no i don't think it did i actually don't think so it was kind of gr- i think the first time she's on land has summer vibes it yeah. feels kind of hot and yeah. sticky and uncomfortable but the more you get into it the more you're just like completely detached from sense of time and seasons and reality yeah but that's just like a cruise isn't it you're just I think like that's the point yeah. of a cruise you're just yeah, stuck on the ocean this book yeah. has confirmed to me that cruises are awful yeah like i never want to go on a cruise never want to oh, go on. i'd be intrigued to go on one just to see how cultish it is the description of what the pools yeah. were like so one of her rotations she becomes a lifeguard mm. and a the fact that she does not know sh- about anything is uh concerning but her description of what some of the pools were like was just like it, it was not yeah. the cover image it did Remember, not look as nice not all cruise as the flamingo ships on the cover they were all cruise ships well. however are floating norovirus laboratories <laughs> word of wisdom there from annie <laughs> like i think i'd prefer to get norovirus than join a cult but like in an ideal life i'd never experience either I'm going to quote you on that. (laughs) Okay, so let's get down to final thoughts and ratings. So let's go down to the ratings. Annie, would Mm -hmm. you like to explain our incredible rating system? Yeah, so we on this podcast um, have a very sort of down-to-earth practical rating system, basically based off of how we read and experience books um i'm gonna say it's a one to five scale um the idea being so a one is this is not worth reading you know there's no point in this book don't just put it down (laughs) a two is get it from the library you know it's a it's a solid read book that you will read once never return to again and it's not interesting enough to be worth any kind of investment um, I would count, like, maybe a two and a half is by its second hand. Uh, but that's, like, an informal addition to the rating system. A three is buy it in paperback, you know? Don't fork out for the hardback. Buy it in mm-hmm. paperback. Four is this is a book so good, it's worth getting in hardback. Um, sometimes we read books that are already out in paperback, so it would be quite hard to get them in hardback. It, it's a metaphor, guys. It's not that literal. Um <laughs> you know and then five is this book is so beloved to me that i would buy like a a special edition with sprayed edges and and all of that kind of stuff even though it would be like you know 25 30 pounds to buy kind of thing um and it fits quite neatly into a one to five scale so we rate our books out of five but purely by coincidence 
<laughs> we can't stress that enough. We're not that bright. <laughs> this is only by coincidence. Well, no, I think it's a, I think it's a very practical okay. way of understanding books. You know, it's also how I think about them. Like, so what are, what are we saying? So first of all, I would like to establish something. I think that this copy that we have, even though it's theoretically mm. a paperback, this is the hardback, right? This this like yeah. is the hardback, even though it's paperback. Yeah, I agree. Yes. In which case, I will say, buy it in paperback. You know. I agree. I'm with I you. Agree. On that. I give it a solid now, three. It's a solid paperback. three. Yeah. And this is I have a weird mm. reason for this. I wouldn't get it out of the library. Mm. I'd invest in a copy so that you can pass it around mm. to people. You know? Yeah. And I to think... annotate. This is an annotating sort of book. Mm. You wanna you wanna like go back and <laughs> forth and keep track of stuff. I think it's worth having your own copy. Exactly. Yeah. But like uh, to pass around to other people, you know? It, it's a book that you want to hear other mm-hmm. people all talk about. Yes. It's a good book club pick. Well done. Thanks, guys. So it's a solid three for me. What about you guys? Yeah, solid three. Yeah, I think it's a three for me. Like, I'm glad I read it, and I think I'm glad I bought it. I don't, I don't know if I go back and reread it, but I also can kind of maybe see myself doing that a bit further down the line. Like, it's the kind of book that I'm like, I did, I read it once, and I'm like, I feel like I miss things. So yeah. I think there is also yeah. like a reread potential in this that if you do enjoy this book, there's a good chance mm-hmm. that you might want to reread it like armed with like knowing how things are going to end. And like I can see people like, you know, rereading it multiple times, kind of kind of try, try again, like V said, trying to annotate track things. And I think it, it has that kind of potential. So I do think it's kind of like a worthwhile kind of, mm. yeah, I'm glad I have a copy. Also, if you're really into psychology, you should definitely read this book. Because oh, yeah, there are some real this is a psychologist's dream to work <laughs> on, like to understand how people think like this. Yeah. But yeah, I I 100 percent would give it a, a paperback. Definitely, I agree with both of you. Yeah. I think it's one of those books that's interesting enough that you want to understand it. And I think reading it first time you may not walk away understanding any of it let alone you know half of it but um I think I think even for me I don't really reread but I would I think I can see myself rereading this just to kind of annotate it it's one of those thinking books it makes you think it's interesting it's Mm -hmm. a thinker book you know, it's definitely it's stayed like... with me, but I've also forgotten everything about it. <laughs> yeah. Which sort of makes it a perfect candidate for rereading. No, but the thing is, you won't forget the finger. Oh, well, no. Oh, you can never the forget finger. the thing. No, But exactly. I did forget the cheek biting, yeah. which is weird. I don't know why I did forget that. At that point, you're just numb to it. You're just like, sure, yeah. she's a biter now. <laughs> what else? I mean, I kind of like, I don't think about them beating up the guy i i, I didn't even think notice about that. brian i just think about brian so oh the things God. that stick out to me are brian and the finger thing <laughs> brian being gone was emotionally devastating in such a weird <laughs> way i was like oh my god brian's gone yeah i mean i would love to see a 
like almost a sequel novel but <laughs> almost from brian's point of view i want to read brian's odyssey you know yeah <laughs> give us brian's odyssey <laughs> real fucked up crews all the workers had only nine <laughs> fingers <laughs> do you think he was like i just need to listen to this woman so i survive this cruise. also put yourself in brian's shoes how much money have you put down right onto this cruise yeah suddenly you don't get your own room right yeah and every single person who works on the cruise only has nine and a half fingers <laughs> what? what would you do if you went like what would you do if you went on holiday and every single yeah. person in the tourism industry who you interacted with only had <laughs> nine and a half fingers rock up to center parks and suddenly you notice that the guy doing falconry only has nine and a half fingers and the guy at the rock climbing wall only has nine and a half fingers and the lifeguard at the pool and and the lady serving drinks in the weird pub thing and the the guy organizing the ad hoc karaoke and the guy running the kids club all of them have only nine and a half fingers i would be concerned but I don't know if I'd have enough to ask about it. And like, I would just kind of think, oh, maybe they're part of the- We spent most of last episode talking about the finger thing. Turns out we had not even remotely scratched the surface of how weird it is. Yeah. I, I agree. I think like, I think I would just like, maybe I'd accept it for the first few days. And then I'd start to yeah. think about it. And then I'd start to observe people. And then I think- Actually, you know what? This place, I don't think it's like, I don't think it's safe. Okay. Serious question. While you were on holiday, mm. were you counting people's fingers? While I was on holiday. Yeah, you were. On yeah. Holiday. Did you ever look around and think, hmm, I didn't. Do these people have. I, I didn't count their fingers, but the hotel I went to, it was quite a nice hotel. You know, it's one of those resort places and it's a little fancy, smancy place. And when I was there they were like oh you know like here's something to drink um when we were checking in and they gave us a little bracelet and my first thought was like this is a cold this is gonna definitely be a cult I'm not wearing this bracelet until I leave this place because this could be tying me to their cultish activities I don't know yeah jokes on you it was a tracker and they still to this moment know exactly I mean, where you I are I have it on now because I'm like see see that bead that bead <laughs> that bead is telling them everything they need to I know mean, I saw that bead is the reason your wi-fi is not working I saw other guests wearing it and I just and I said to my friend that I was with I was like she was like oh are you, aren't you gonna wear the bracelet and I said I'm gonna be honest with you it seems a bit cultish to me at, at wearing it in the facility. I might wear it outside because it's a nice bracelet, but I would I don't know. It like it kind of combines us all together as in like, look, we're all staying here and we're part of this cult community here. Like I don't know. Okay. What we've established is that tourism has gone too far <laughs> and everyone should just stay where they are. <laughs> Yeah. I, I think we might have run out of sensible things to say. Yeah. yeah. Or at least I have. I definitely have. I've, I've run out. But I feel like come back in another year or so, maybe when we, when we talk about it at our end of year wrap up party, 
Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll have new thoughts about it. You never know. Okay. I think that's uh I think that's it. I think that's everything yeah. we have to say about the book. Yeah. But thank you for reading along with us, for joining mm-hmm. us at our book club sessions. Yeah. And um should we talk about next book club? No, yeah, I think we should book. talk about next book club. Yeah. 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 Would you like to talk about it, Annie? Seeing as oh, it's well, your pick. just to say that July is our bumper book club month. Um, and I have sort of snuck in and picked a book basically as an excuse to get me to finally read this book that I've been carrying around in my handbag for, oh, God knows how many months now. Um, very popular book. Um, the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by um, Taylor Jenkins, Jenkins Reid. Yeah. Shock horror. None of him. us have read it. No. I think I've read Daisy Jones and the Six. Yeah. Fee has read that one Both. and Malibu, Malibu Rising. Right. I have read but, none. Yeah. yeah. And now we're all the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo together. And it's I will be, say that's that I went into Waterstones um, yeah. thinking I will easily be able to find this book. Every shop will have the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo's. Could not find it there. Could not find it in Will We Hate Smith. Oh, they no. were like, we have sold out. So I was like, fuck it. I'm buying no the way. ebook. But I was just like, you mean to tell me you don't stock the tiktok book <laughs> it was like we just don't have them anymore and i was like oh my god now i know i'm reading a really popular book i don't even have it <laughs> you don't have tiktok stock <laughs> but anyway yes all right so what a deadline for reading our... this thing come on guys TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our book pick yeah. for the second half of july um so yeah we'd love it if you yeah. read along with us Maybe. and join us for the next sessions of book club mm-hmm. um also um we are on social media we're on instagram at the uh lazy sunday book club we are on tiktok barely <laughs> but hey, we're still there counts. it still counts <laughs> we have one post so far but <laughs> you never know and um yeah and also please write in share your thoughts especially for this book we would love we to want to know what you think anything you thought about this book yeah because we are desperate to know what other people are thinking about this book so please and even if you're in a book club and you're reading it let us know C- connect book clubs we would love to do that mm. um and yeah have a great rest of the week guys and enjoy your sunday if you're listening on a sunday (laughs) hey and that's it we'll see you next time Bye. bye